You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Welcome back, friends. This is a two-part series about godly friendship and building others up. And I'm joined again by my friend, Shonda. Welcome back, Shonda. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Well, today we're going to talk about what God has to say about biblical friendships and what they should look like and what you should be emulating, so to speak. All right, Um, Shonda. My very favorite verse as far as having those relationships is Proverbs 27, 17. It's as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And I think that kind of puts everything out there. I mean, it's all in that one verse as iron sharpens iron. So one person sharpens another, you have to be that person for you to have that kind of relationship. It really does all stem from what kind of friend you are. I have so many verses. You know what I learned looking for friendships is Job had some amazing friends. He did, but they get a bad rap. They really do. And he prayed for them. He was a good friend. I mean, there's so many verses that I was like, you know, you put in your concordance friendships, right? For me, it was in Job 42, 10. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. Think so about friends, that. If you're really broke. Just pray for your friends and God will multiply. I'm kidding. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really just shows the fact that Job had so much devastation. He had everything taken away from him. He was fully just completely decimated. And yet he didn't pray for himself. He prayed for the people around him. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. And let's talk about that Proverbs 27, 17 for a minute, because that expression holds such deep wisdom regarding the impact of our relationships on our spiritual growth, period. Iron can only be sharpened by friction, by the friction and contact with another piece of iron. So our faith and character are refined through our interactions with fellow believers. Amen. And when we engage in really meaningful relationships, such as mentorships or accountability partnerships or prayer partners, or how about this podcast partners, where we (laughs) go a little deeper and we're intentional. How about you? When we do a podcast together, you have to do the research. You have to spend time praying. You have to dive into God's word. It really does bonds you together because you have a kind of accountability with another person and even friendships within our faith communities. We have this opportunity to sharpen one another. Yep. It's so true. And you can't sharpen somebody unless you're sharp yourself. So you got to dive into God's word. Yeah. Um, it, it leads right into that first Thessalonians, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you're doing, which goes perfectly with the continuation of part one, therefore encourage one another and listen to the words they use and build each other up just like you're doing. Well, if I'm doing it, why do you have to remind me? Because we need reminding. We need reminding that this is a calling in life. Some people think my calling is to be a worship leader. No, your calling is to encourage one another and build them up. Your your calling is to pray for one another. Your calling is to show compassion and forgive one another. These are the the callings that we truly all have. Yeah. Because it's in the relationships that we share with each other that we're able to, not just to be encouraged to feel good, encourage 
one another, to understand, to deepen our faith, to develop the qualities that reflect Christ's character. And that requires vulnerability, humility, and a willingness to learn from one another. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, it will enrich your life. It really will enrich your life. And every single person has a circle of influence, whether you know it or not, whether it's your kids or the people you work with or, or your spouse or, you know, your friendships, you have a circle of influence. So what are you doing with that opportunity that God has given you? And listen, just like sparks fly when that iron strikes iron, our interactions may not always be comfortable. Constructive criticism and loving correction, those are essential elements of the sharpening (laughs) process. They're just not fun. But that's why Proverbs 27.6 tells us, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And I never understood that. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but twisted or wicked are the kisses of an enemy. Mm. How are the wounds of a friend faithful? Because when a friend corrects me or points out an area where I need to grow, it's an act of love and it's, it's helping us to grow and become better followers of Christ. Amen. Mm. It does hurt for a moment, but if you have to be willing to let, especially if you have other believer, you know, your, your Christian brothers or sisters or that circle that you have around you, if they're not telling you the world's telling you, you don't want the world to tell you, you want the person that loves the Lord and loves you to correct you. Yeah. And sometimes the world doesn't tell you, they applaud you. Exactly. Yes. That's what you know. You're normal now. Mm-hmm. We're not called to be normal. We're called to be followers of Christ. <laughs> yeah. We're called to be set apart and different. There's yeah. a reason why God says set apart. We're supposed to be look different than everybody else around us or right. the, the world around us. Yes. So true. Okay. So Ecclesiastes four, nine through 10, super famous verse. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Oh my gosh. That made me so sad. So sad. If people don't have that. Yeah. And have we all been in a place in our lives where we haven't, you look around and you feel alone, but I want to say in those moments, when I look back and I trace my walk with God, it's in those moments when I fell the deepest and the hardest, and there was nobody around there I found Christ. So today you say, you know what? I don't have any friends like that. I want to tell you that you have a friend that sticks closer than a brother and his name is Jesus Christ. And he died so that he could reach you. So he could make a way where there was no way. So I don't want anybody to listen to this podcast and think I don't have friends like that. Well, you have your first friend in Jesus, reach out, reach out to a community of Christ, find a church, find a Bible study, find an online Bible study. We don't have an excuse in this day and age not to have a Bible and read it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can go online and you don't have to pay. If you don't have $6 to buy one, you can go online and download it for free. You can Google it. You can download the Bible app for free. You can find a church and you say, well, I've been hurt by the church. We've all been hurt by somebody in church, but it's not Christ hurting us. He's refining us. What if That happened because you needed to grow in one area or because he was moving you to another church. I encourage you find a Bible believing Bible teaching church and get involved, serve there so that you can make connections, make friends and grow. It's so true. 
like you said, there's no excuses. There's this exercise that they did when I was a youth leader in my church where the pastor stood in the middle and then all the kids stood around him in a circle and they would each take a step back a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. His whole analogy was like, I never moved. You did. Wow. God never moves. He's always in the same spot. You're the one who has the ability to move closer or to pull away. And I feel like there's so many things competing for our attention in this world. Yeah. All of it has to be drowned out. And yet it's an action again of just wanting to draw near to God. And that's through his word. And if you don't have those kind of friendships, you know, like Lisa said, go find, go to find a church, start serving. You'll find friends there. Yeah. How about this? Pray about starting a prayer group in your neighborhood, in your mom group, in your whatever, where's your sphere of influence. And you might think my friends would never go for that. Well, you don't know what God is doing in the hearts and lives of each of the people around you. So they might be praying the same thing. Yeah, it's true. And God will use it. Yeah. My friend, Terry, used to tell me, Terry passed away, but she was such a mentor to me on prayer. And Terry used to tell me, if I invite everybody and nobody comes, it's not a loss. I get a one-on-one date with the Holy Spirit. Goodness, I love that. Yes, because many times I've been discouraged when I have a prayer group and only four people come. And then I'm reminded four people came to my house to seek God, hear his word and pray. That's a win every single time. And if nobody shows up, I'm like, okay, Lord, here I am. I opened my Bible. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're praying for God to widen your your sphere of influence or have this prayer group and nobody shows up, God's still in control. He wants to meet you. Like you said, like Terry did, like, that's so beautiful. And if only one person shows up, like God is going to use that. Yeah. Absolutely. There's the Job 2 to who 11 that says when Job's three friends, Eliphaz, Temanite, I could be totally messing these names up, uh, Bildad and the Shuhite and Zophar the Naamite heard all about the troubles that had come upon him. They set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. Oh, like good friends. Like they knew what he was going through. And uh, it's just beautiful. I love that you pulled the scripture because I read the the story of Job, but I just summarize it. And so I say, okay, Job, they went to see his friend. I I don't think I ever caught the fact that when they heard about his troubles, it was intentional. It wasn't just that they went to visit for, you know, high tea. They intentionally said, Hey, our friend's struggling. Let's go over there. I hate that we all live so far away from each other, but you know, know. we have zoom and we have, but we have this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So let's ask how many times have you heard about somebody going through a difficult time and set out from your home to meet together by agreement, sympathize and comfort others. It means so much too. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. It bonds you together in such a deep way. It really does. Because you don't forget the people that were there when you needed them most. You really don't. Especially when you don't ask and they show up. Yes. It's true. And it's it, like I said before, it's, it's God loving you in a tangible way through, <laughs> through his people. You know, are you being that instrument? I want to be that instrument always. Am I? No. Do I want it? Yes. So my mom, when she was sick, um, we, she ended up in the hospital and I was there, I want to say for like three or four days. And when she passed away, I hadn't slept. I hadn't eaten. I remember the nurse giving me little shots of my Lanta. 
because I would tell her, you know, she said, you don't look well, have you eaten? I can't eat. And she would say, listen, she, she, I don't want to get her in trouble, but she <laughs> actually would sneak me. She'd put in for another patient and she would bring me little tiny, like two teaspoon shots in a little thing of my Lanta. Well, anyways, when I got home, I was like, I don't want to see anybody. I don't want anybody to come. I was exhausted. I had two babies at home. You know, my kids were like three years old and I told everyone don't come. And at eight o'clock the next morning, I was like, who's there? Because I lived at the time in a development where you need to go through the gate. I run downstairs and I open the door and there stands Tatiana. And Mm. she said, I know you said you didn't want any company, but I couldn't stay away. I will never forget that moment because guess what she did? She heard about my troubles that had come upon me and she set out from her home to come and sympathize and comfort me. And it changed you even to this day. Yes. You know what? 25 years later, your kids are in their late twenties. So that, I mean, like that just, it leaves an imprint and that is again, God leaving an imprint on your heart of him extending his love through your best friend. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it just, I think it just makes me love her in a different way because I mean, she's a very special woman anyways. I remember feeling that she couldn't stay away. Her heart was broken from my heart. Yeah. And she couldn't stay away. And just the thought of that, you know, especially with so many traumas in life and abandonment issues and, you know, people that walk in and out of your life. I just heard a song yesterday from Lauren Daigle, her new song. It's so good, by the way. But in her song, she says, does anybody stay anymore? Mm. And Tatiana's just that example of Christ that he's not going anywhere. And when I'm hurting is when he's the closest. Mm -mm -mm. Mm. Today's podcast. Um, Okay. So I love this one in first Peter four, eight through 10 above all love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. That means open your home. I'm just ad living here. Um, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. It is the grace of God that you have any gift at all. It is the grace of God that we have any of it. Yeah. So, And how about if we go a little deeper, offering hospitality to one another without grumbling is not only opening your home, but it is opening your heart. So now think of that, offer hospitality or open your heart to one another without complaining. So true. Mm, That means serving and loving when it's inconvenient. Yeah. Serving and loving when I don't have time or I'm spent and I just don't, I don't want to today. Hmm. That causes us again. Where do you go when I have nothing to offer? Where do I, how do I give? I have to go back to the giver. I have to connect intentionally with Jesus to receive so that that, that I freely receive, I can freely offer. Yeah. Offering hospitality to one and done, opening yourself up your life, your time, your, your resources to another, and then do it without complaining. It's so true for me as a younger middle-aged believer, 10 years ago, I finally understood with everything that I have, my financial resources, whether I have a little or a lot, my home, whether I have a small home or a big home, every single thing, it's not mine. It's on loan to me while I'm here, 
what am I doing with it? What am I doing with the resources and the things that God has given me? Am I opening my home? Am I opening my wallet? Am I opening my heart? Like you said, you know, am I, am I freeing up time? All of those things are literally the gifts of God. They're not mine, nor are they're they're yours, really. That's right. Isn't that the truth? Mm -hmm. Okay. So the other one, I think we spoke on this one already in the first one, but I just love it so much is Proverbs 17, 17. I think you said it earlier. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Um, I love that. Yeah. That verse. How can we be loving at all times? How can I love at all times? At all times. I can be very loving sometimes. <laughs> if I'm in a good mood and have everything I want and need around me, I can be very loving. <laughs> so true. If I'm full, if I'm happy, if I'm comfortable and I'm not overheated, I can be so loving. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize the theme when we discussed that, you know, when we think about doing these, all of these verses just go back to showing us that it, this is, none of this is in and of ourselves. Who can love at all times? You know, it makes me think of that, that old analogy that I can make some of the people happy all of the time. And I can make all the people happy some of the time, but I cannot make all of the people happy all of the time. <laughs> it is impossible to be loving all the time. If you know somebody that's loving all the time, it's probably somebody who is well-connected to Jesus and spends a lot of time on their knees in prayer and reading the word, period. And the only Amen. difference between them and you is their priorities. Their priority is God and their relationship with God. It's so true. You get behind the wheel of a car in Miami and you realize I'm not connected enough because you are not mm -hmm. loving or kind or anything. Yeah. You're driving in Miami. If I see somebody, a mom with little kids and she's stressed out in the grocery store and I have to get somewhere, but I see her, I'll be like, why don't you go first? Go ahead and go first. Are you sure? Yes. And I might even pay for her groceries because I feel good today. But if that same woman tries to cut in front of me without asking my permission, I'm like, excuse me. No, that's not, it's not going down. Like you need to get in the back. The line's back there, ma'am. Is that true? Or is that not true? Oh my gosh. It's so her situation's true. the same. It's just my heart. Oh my gosh, Lisa, that's, you're not going to take advantage of me. There's no humility here. Excuse me. No, my idol is you need to respect me and ask permission to cut in front of me in line. Oh my goodness. It's so true. What if they my cut in front of me in line and I say, ma'am, you're having a bad day, aren't you? I'm going to pay your groceries. God bless you. And while I'm at it, let me buy the little Bible that's right there by the cash register and stick it in her bag. <laughs> just a reminder that we're fleshful, sinful people. There's none good among us, not even one. No. And it doesn't matter how long you've been a believer. It doesn't matter how many scriptures you've memorized. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters, like Lisa said, is that you are on your knees, tethered to God through his word and through prayer. If those things are met, then the other stuff trickles, you know, everything kind of overflows from that. Now we've all heard that old, that old quote that says one bad apple ruins the bunch. The next verse we have Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise and you become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Is that not the truth? Like, oh my goodness. What? 
You, I mean, what do, how many times have you told your kids, you look like who you're hanging out with? You have hang out with bad people, blah, blah, blah. Like you, you choose your friends wisely comes from this first. Exactly. And walk with the wise. Well, the wise in the Bible, the, well, the wise one is Jesus. So are you walking with Jesus? And number two, the wise are those that walk with Jesus and know his word. Mm -hmm. So I think, look around, who are the people around you that are spiritually mature, not perfect because there are no perfect people. Okay. There are, if you find somebody that acts perfect all the time, I'd say, stay away. But if there's somebody who's genuine and authentic and, you know, shares their ups and downs and they really love the Lord and they really prioritize the Lord over all things, spending time with God, getting to know Jesus, then that's a wise person. Cling to them. Hold on tight. Because in living life with them, you learn how to study God's word. Imagine I, there's nothing better than in the middle of COVID when the whole world was shut down and God brought together these, these mixed up, messed up women for a totally for prayer zoom. And all of a sudden, man, I learned so much from everybody, from what they were praying, how they would share their burdens, how they were getting through, how they were encouraging their family and the Lord. It really does make you wiser. Yeah. It does. It does. And it changes your heart, changes your life. It, it really does. And it makes you want to be the kind of friend that you have to that person. Mm. Colossians 3, 12 through 14, it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So, I mean, what does that say? It says that we are supposed to show compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing all of the burdens of, of our friends, of the people we love, forgive quickly, and love love unifies. Yeah. It does not divide. Love unifies. This is the perfect verse to close with because first of all, we're reminded that we are God's chosen people. We're God's chosen people. I think of that verse that says he calls us to love so the world will know, so that we'll look different, so that we will act different. Well, that we'll be known by the way we love. Yes. The world will know you by your love. That's the word first. The world will know you by the way you love. Yes. And then second, that we are holy. We're called to be different and set apart and that we are dearly loved by God. Like, hello, let's start with that. We, God loves us so much that he allows us to be ambassadors of his brand love. Yes. And then it says to clothe yourself, which is intentional. And a lot of people say, I like doing reading the Bible at night. And I think whenever you read the Bible, it's great, but you clothe yourself in the morning before you leave, you prepare yourself for the day. And this is reminding us to put these things on, put on compassion, put on kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Why do you put something on so that you're covered so that when you go outside, people see it. And I think of Lisa Turkis just had, um, I just did a Bible study with Lisa of Lisa Turkis. And she said that there were victory clothes. And the reason that the King or whoever was coming back to the King put on the victory clothes is so that 
when they were coming from far away, the people could see that they won. And so Jesus is our victory clothes. It's oh, so that people will that. see that we've overcome. We've won. There's victory in Christ. And so when you put on these things, when you put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, you are showing others Jesus. Yes. I love that. That is so cool. The victory clothes so that they could see you from far away. Yes. Like it's so true. And that got, and that again, leads into your continents of how you are conveying yourself to the world. Like if can people see you from a distance, the peace that comes with knowing the Lord, or are they seeing a tense, annoyed, frustrated person? Yeah. I hate to say it. Sometimes I am that frustrated person, but yeah. And then we're told, like you said, bear with one another, walk with others, forgive them, forgive any grievances, forgive just like God forgave you. But then it says over all of these virtues of forgiveness, of kindness, compassion, gentleness, humility, over all of that, over everything, put on love, dress yourself with love. Well, there is no love without Christ. There is no long lasting, unchanging, unconditional love apart from Christ. There yeah. isn't, there just isn't. And so when we do that, then we can walk in perfect unity with God and with others. Mm. Mm. And that's what God wants. God wants us to be unified. You know, he wants unity. And I mean, the reason he wants it too, I mean, for, for us, because you know how you feel when you're fighting with your husband or you have a disagreement with your kids or a friend or whatever, you feel that angst of disquiet in your soul because there's no unity. You're disjointed. So God wants us to have unity because everything comes from that. Yeah. And then going right back to our first verse, you know, iron sharpens iron. And it reminds us that our relationships with the body of Christ are not merely companionship or surface level interactions. They're an opportunity for us to grow and learn and perhaps to have mutual edification. So as we engage with fellow believers as our sisters or brothers in Christ, let us seek to sharpen one another, challenging and encouraging each other to become more like Christ, especially now. I know we say this all the time and it's been said for decades, for centuries, but my pastor puts it like this. I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but it's closer than we were yesterday. <laughs> and I don't know about you. I just told Conchi this today. I said, Conchi, we're talking about the submarine loss. We're talking about snails in Broward, that African snails, tornadoes, fires, the weather. We're talking about all of these things. And I said, if you quiet your heart and listen, you can hear his footsteps. And I don't know how far they are off, but they're getting closer. Oh, I love that. That's so true. So friends, be a friend, not just to have a friend, be a friend to uplift and unite the body of Christ. Be a friend to encourage others. Be a friend to show other people what Jesus is like and that he's there for them and that he's present and shows compassion and love and humility because we're closer than we were yesterday and he's Amen. coming back soon. <laughs> Shonda, Looking forward thank to you that so day. much. <laughs> Shonda, Good. you're a great friend. You're a great friend to all those that know you and love you. You're a compassionate person. You're a godly woman. This was the perfect episode today. And I'm so glad that we did it in two parts and we're able to go a little deeper first on how to be an encouragement and build others up in biblical and permanent eternal ways, but also just taking a look at what it should look like to be a godly friend so that we can not only experience it, 
but model it for others. Yeah. Thank you for being my friend, Lisa. You are an amazing, amazing friend. You're an encourager as well. So I love you. Thank you very much. And I heard we're recording again next week. So be back next week for our next episode. And I thank you for listening, friend. And I hope that today you will pray that God will surround you with faithful friends. And if you already have them, I hope you won't take them for granted, but you will actually reach out to them and express your gratitude. Pray for them, love them. Find a practical way to show your friend your love and appreciation today. And until next time, we thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?